In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who gives us a story that is worth celebrating. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I remind you of these words from our epistle. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. You may or may not know it, but that uh, lovely ballet that Tchaikovsky put together named The Nutcracker is actually... Well, a sort of a German invention, if you think about it. Uh, the story itself was retold by Alexander Dumas, who was a Frenchman, who then uh, gave it to Tchaikovsky, a Russian, in order to turn it into a ballet and, and choreograph it out. But the very nugget of it, the actual story of it, was written by this guy named E.T.A. Hoffman. And E.T.A. Hoffman's story of the Nutcracker and the Mouse King was the thing that started everything off with Alexander Dumas. And what you had was uh, this story that actually in its original form was a little bit more jarring. Um, as the French kind of do, they smoothed some of the edges out of it, and uh, they took some things, and they uh, turned them around a little bit, and, well, you can probably see why sometimes when you read the story. And the story, well, it, it starts off like this. It starts off that there is a family in Germany, and they are getting ready to celebrate Christmas Eve together, and they're getting ready to open their presents. And there is a Christmas room that is held behind locked doors, and nobody can see inside of it until it is that perfect moment on Christmas Eve when the doors will swing open, and there they will reveal the Christmas tree, and more importantly... The Christmas presents that are under the tree. And so when they get to those Christmas presents, they find this one sort of odd present, this, uh, this present that is this nutcracker. And they look at it, and one of the children, there are three, one of the children takes a special liking to it. This girl named Marie, who's named Clara, in the ballet, but we're going to call her Marie because that's her original name. She gets this nutcracker and she asks her godfather, Mr. Drosselmeyer, who's kind of this mysterious, magical figure throughout the story. She asks her godfather, well, whose present is this? And godfather Drosselmeyer says... Well, it's really everyone's present. But since you've taken a special liking to it, Marie, you are going to be its special keeper. Well, I would say that that 
rather mimics a story that was not written in Germany, but is told in Germany quite a bit. It mimics a story that we have perhaps heard tonight as we've listened to all of these stories together. It's the story not just of the coming of this Christ child, but the entire story of Scripture in a way. And it begins in a way that is so much like how the Nutcracker begins. That God approaches a world with a very special gift. The very special gift of His Word. And He says, this Word is for everybody. But... There are only a few people who take a special shining to it. And to those people, they are, well, they are the, the special keepers. They are the Maries of the story. The people who will have a special affinity to this gift. And yet at the same time know that it's meant for all of the world. Well, as the story goes on, we find that there is a problem that arises. And that problem arises with this dirty little kid named Fritz. Fritz is the middle child, I think. And he acts like a middle child. He's a little brat. And he goes and he takes the nutcracker and he gets a handful of nuts and he starts cracking them. And he cracks and cracks and cracks until he finds one special very hard nut that he just can't seem to crack. And he's jarring it and jarring it and jarring it until finally the nutcracker, his jaw cracks instead of the nut. It's... All because he's been trying to use it in the wrong way. He's been using it to get something out of it for himself. He hasn't been using it in the way that it was designed. Well, isn't that like how we use God's Word so much of the time? That we try to manipulate it. We try to make it our own. We try to make it serve us instead of doing what it's supposed to do. Unfortunately, we all at times end up being the Fritzes in the story. We end up being the ones who break God's word, who go and sin in that way. And Maria is absolutely inconsolable when she sees that this nutcracker that she took such a shine to, well, it's broken. And so what she does is she takes a ribbon from her dress and she ties up his little broken jaw and she takes the nutcracker into her bedroom with her so that she can make sure that nothing else happens to the nutcracker. But that doesn't stop the nutcracker from being broken. As nice a gesture as it is, it is Still, just not enough. What she needs, she needs a, a grand a godfather, Drosselmeyer. Someone who, in this story, ends up is somebody who makes these things. And so, Godfather Drosselmeyer says, Don't worry about a thing, Maria. You go to sleep, and in the morning, we will fix. You're not cracker. 
And so she goes to sleep, awaiting morning. And that kind of reminds me of the way that the church and the Word of God come together. Except that in this illustration, it's the nutcracker that's broken and everything else is okay. But in terms of God's Word, God's Word isn't broken It's exactly what it's supposed to be, but we are broken when we try to handle it. And the way that we go about playing with it usually ends up being something that's sort of tragic. But nonetheless, we we bemoan that fact. We bemoan the fact that God's word gets misused. We bemoan the fact that there is sin in the world. And we cry out to our God Father, Drosselmeyer, and say, will there just be one morning where we get up and everything is okay? Well, in between that time, there's an interesting thing that happens in the Nutcracker story. Uh, What happens in the Nutcracker story is that Marie goes to sleep and she begins to have these crazy, vivid dreams about, well, something that's pretty scary if you think about it. There is a mouse king. I mentioned that at the beginning of the sermon. He is the other part of the title that usually gets lopped off, but he's an important figure in the story. He is not just a mouse king. He is a seven-headed mouse king. Now, I don't freak out when I see mice running through a certain building if I'm there, but if I saw a seven-headed mouse... I would be afraid. And so, as Marie goes to sleep, she finds that there is this seven-headed mouse king who is taking his armies of mice and bringing them into her bedroom. And there, the nutcracker gets with All of these toys in his train. And they go and they have this almost apocalyptic battle together. Where the mice and the nutcracker are fighting and things look, well, they actually don't look very good. In in fact, they look pretty bad. And the nutcracker falls and the nutcracker is taken hostage. Well, that's much the same way that we recognize from the Gospels when Jesus was here on this earth with with us. That this nutcracker, this nutcracker who in the story is revealed to be the nephew of good Godfather Drosselmeyer but who in the story of Christianity is revealed to be the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God. And as Jesus comes to this earth, he has this apocalyptic battle with all of Satan and his enemies. Satan, a figure who in Scripture later on is described also as someone who has seven heads. But it doesn't look good. In fact, 
it looks better for the nutcracker than what it does for Jesus. Because the nutcracker is just taken hostage, but Jesus, well, he's strung up on a cross like that one. It doesn't look like he's just hostage. It looks like he is dead. And it looks like there's very, very little hope. And that's when this seven-headed mouse king comes to Marie. And this seven-headed mouse king goes to Marie and he says, Give me all your candy. He really does. Sounds like a mouse king to me. Give me all your candy. And so she gives him all of his candy. And he says, well, that's not enough. Now I want you to go downstairs and I want you to steal me all the candy that's down in the kitchen as well. And she goes and she does that and she brings that back to him. And he says, well, that's not enough. Now I want you to go down there and I want you to grab all of the pudding and bring that back to me. Well, that's so much of what it's like to live in a world where there is no Jesus, that there is a Satan that comes to you and says, well, give me this and give me this and go and get that for me. And you do these things and you try these things. And every time that you do it, you find out that it's just not enough, that this cannot be appeased, that somehow there is something that needs to be beyond you. And that's when the nutcracker comes in. And this is the part that I love about the German story. Because in the German story, the nutcracker comes and he faces off with this mouse king and his seven heads. And you know what he does? He bites them all off. He is a nutcracker with blood dripping down his beard. And that mouse king is dead. And he takes the mouse king's seven crowns and he brings them to Marie. And Marie wakes up in the morning. And as she wakes up, she notices that she has seven crowns. And so she goes to her mother and she says, look at this. I have seven crowns. Listen to my dream. This was an amazing dream. The nutcracker is some kind of magical whatever. I don't know what he is. And her mother just can't seem to get her mind wrapped around this otherworldly story. Because where is the nutcracker now? And that's where we live today. And that tension. We have these seven crowns. We have these things that we have no right personally of having. We have salvation. We have baptism. We have the Lord's Supper. We have God's Word. We have all of these great things. We have all of these things. And yet, we don't have Jesus right here next to us in a way that we can show, well, here's my buddy Jesus. And he has promised that he is coming back for us. But we can't go to our friends and neighbors who don't believe and say, well, here he is. We just have to show them the crowns. 
that he has given to us as people who believe in him? But, but here's the thing. At the end of the Nutcracker story, there is this amazing part of the story where Marie is playing by herself and all of a sudden there's a very loud noise. And as that very loud noise happens, there at the door is good old Godfather Drosselmeyer. And right behind him is his nephew. No longer just a nutcracker, but in a, well, beautiful or perhaps we would even dare say glorified body. And that's what we're looking forward to. One day when there is a loud trumpet call, loud enough for all of us to hear, loud enough that we go to our doors and see what's happening, loud enough that we see Godfather and His only begotten Son. The one who did what we could not do. And when that boy comes into the room with Maria, he comes to her right away and must have been love at first sight because as he looks at her, he immediately proposes. He says, Maria, will you be my wife and live with me forever and ever and ever? Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, that's what we're looking forward to, too. Is that on that final day, that day that we know from Scripture is the day in which Christ finally marries his church, when he finally has his bride, and we all live with him forever and ever and ever. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. Amen.